This is the day that we were determined would happen. Because I realized in the midst of all that was going on with the sadness of the coronavirus and the seriousness of the times in which we live, people still need to graduate and go forward in life. And because of that, Gus and Porter, Tyler and Pierce deserve to be recognized for what they have done. In spite of all the illness and the sickness and all that's been said and done, their life goes on. It doesn't end. They've had plans and dreams, and because of that, I want you to know how important the four of you are. You matter. Whether you were forced to sit with your parents down front or you were fortunate like Gus to sit up in the back row of the balcony, you were here. You were part of church, and you're a part of our faith, and you're important to us. You matter. I know that it's been a long time for you, and you've been looking forward to this. It's an important time. It's significant. This signifies something remarkable in your life. It's, it's the first hurdle of many that you will clear, and you'll do well. But we want to encourage you as you go forward because many of us here have had the opportunity of clearing those hurdles, some of us more times than others, and we've understood the importance of growing and learning. Now, first of all, I want to apologize to you four guys because I pulled a text that most people think refers to little children. You're not little children. You're all men. You've got your dreams, your passions, your desires. You'll go away to college, and hopefully your majors won't change more than once or twice. But you will go there, and, and you will find out really who you are, but also you'll find out whose you are if you still belong to God. So I wanted to talk about a time when parents brought their children to Jesus and the complications that came about, but there's a reason why we're doing that. There's a reason why what we're doing here is important today. Some things are going to happen to you, uh, not necessarily this summer, but when you go away uh, to school, things are going to change. Your environment's going to be different. There are going to be situations that you didn't anticipate that, that none of your older siblings or friends told you about. And that's what we want to think about today for a little bit. First thing I want you to realize is there are going to be people that are going to try to stop you from getting to God because you'll need him. I've always said that there'll always be prayer in schools as long as there are final exams, whether the school wants it or not. Prayer works. Let me remind you of that. It matters. It's about you and God. And God amazingly knows more about you than your parents. And you know what? He loves you. He cares about you. Now, I grew up, and I remember when I was uh, 18 and I graduated from high school, high school, our greatest hobby was hiding our private lives from our public environment because people in church are just a little bit over-observant of what's going on. And sometimes you just want to go out and be your own person. You're going to do that. I want you to do it well. In this situation, when the disciples spoke up, and remember the disciples were supposed to be Jesus' right-hand men. But they rebuked these parents. 
And all the parents did was they knew who Jesus was and they wanted their children to connect with him. We want you to connect with Jesus on your own level. We're not going to preach at you. I'm going to do my best not to today. But I want you to stay close to him. You don't have to tell others about it. It's between you and God. But it's important that you seek him out and you let him know what you're struggling with. And trust me, you'll struggle. When you go away to university, something happens in your life. You're confronted with the reality that with all the good intentions that you had, a couple of things changed that will never go back to the way they were. First of all, you'll discover that things don't magically end up in your dresser drawers and that the dishes don't magically end up back in the cabinet in the kitchen. You'll find out somebody has to do that. And you're going to have to develop the discipline in life to say, these are things I can do. You're going to become what is called in, in business school your own time management consultants. You will decide what you do with your time. You'll decide if you keep pushing off studying to the very last minute. And a lot of us have done that, let's, let's confess. And we found out this, the, the stress of looking at a clock and realizing that X number of hours you will have to walk into that class and you're going to have to pass. We want you to do well at that. We don't want you to struggle. We want you to learn how to take care of yourself, how to make sure that things are okay because you're going to have to learn to manage your time studying and, and do it on your own without anybody standing there telling you. And then you're also going to have to live in an environment that's let me put it this way. In the university, they want you to be fairly sanitary. Now, I've been in some college dorms that biological agents were moving around there that were deadly. But you're going to have to learn to do that. And I know you can do that. I know all four of you. I've been able to watch you for, for over a decade. And I know what you're capable of. I know about your own personal accomplishments. I know what you've done in life. And I want you to do greater as you go forward. This is so important that you pursue that and you go after it. Also, I want you to realize this. There are going to be people out there that didn't grow up like you. They didn't grow up in church. They don't understand about the relationship with God. And remember, there are always people out there that, that don't want to communicate that way. I have on occasion, when I was around people who I know, knew hated the idea of being a Christian, I've said a blessing to myself without making the entire restaurant stand up and bow their heads. Now, why did I do that? Because I didn't want to push people further away. You're going to have friends that matter to you, that are good friends, but they're not going to understand your faith. Don't push it on them. They will reject that just like you would have rejected it. That's why in church we introduce little ones to Jesus early on, but in a very kind and palatable way. You're going to have to hold your faith. Don't bail out. Believe me. God will love you and he'll be there for you at the other end, but the journey you travel needs to have Jesus with you. 
And you're going to have those friends, and those are the ones you need to be there for, and you need to care about, but you have got to be the deciding factor on the choices you make. Never make a choice of following a friend into a behavior or a situation that you're not comfortable with. Make your own choices. Rejecting someone's invitation to go out and have a good time is not rejecting that person. It means that you're managing your time well enough that you know that you're in school not just to have fun. You're there to graduate. And remember, what you learned in the first grade was a foundation that was built upon by your second grade and third and on through middle school and even into high school. All those things have built the structure that you stand on. But now you're launched into a, a new arena. You're no longer in the environment of home. You've got to make these choices on your own. And I know you can do that. I have faith in you. Now remember this, life begins with God, not after graduation. I got my first car the day I had my 18th birthday. That's kind of scary. I didn't get a learner's license. Uh, I had to get a driver's license, and the first thing I really drove alone was the car that my mother picked out and bought with my money. Now, I've got to admit it was a pretty cool car. Uh, I had a 75 Grand Torino with the biggest engine they would put in a Ford at that time. I loved that car. But I always knew that there were limits to where I could go and what I could do. You know what I wanted to do, guys? I want to go out and start driving and not come back for a few days. I'm 61. I haven't done that yet. Now, I guess at a certain time, they'll send the law enforcement out after me and say, oh, he's got dementia. He's gone off. But you want to do that. Measure those opportunities of taking advantage to do something briefly. Go off for a little while, ride around. Go off with some friends and have a good time. Use that as a goal to reach rather than a desire to do daily. One of the things that I was able to take an opportunity with in my undergraduate studies was that I only would go out and celebrate with friends after I'd taken a final exam. Now, a lot of folks didn't go then because they'd been up all night for a few nights studying and they weren't ready to go out. Those people shouldn't have gone out. But set a goal that you can reach and make it one that will make a difference in your life and you will be amazed at how that will change. Life begins with God, not with graduating. And God wants you to be everything you can potentially be. You, you remember when you met that person that had a career field that you thought was really neat? You thought that would, be, that would be the most wonderful thing in the world to do? Guess what? That's a potential that you can reach and however you want to go. It is so important for you to go after that. I encourage Pierce to stay after flying. And Pierce, I can say, in 36 years of being a pastor, you're the only senior that graduated with a pilot's license. That is so neat. There's no wonder that, that Auburn grabbed you up in a hurry. You're going to go places with that because that's your heart's desire. That's your passion. We know that. We've, we've talked about that. I want you to continue to follow that. Uh, 
Gus, I, I've, I've gone by the country club and seen you working down the fairway on the front there by the road, and I didn't blow my horn to wave at you. I left you alone. But I'm, a proud, I'm proud of you, and I know your ability that you have. Don't walk away from it. Each of you have skills, maybe skills we don't even know, something beyond that talent, something that you don't want to share with everybody because you're not sure. Be willing to dream big. I was told this by a man that had been a little bit successful in his life when I met him at age 89. Harrelson Lafayette Hunt told me when I was a teenage boy, and Harrelson Hunt was the first American billionaire. He was a man that they based the movie Dallas on that none of you ever saw. But uh, Harrelson Hunt said that there's no limit to what you can accomplish in life if you're not willing to sacrifice and number two, give people credit on the way up because no person is built by themselves into a success. And success is never accidental. It's intentional. I want today for you to decide to be successful. Christ has already given you an abundant life. All four of you have made a decision for Christ. You have a relationship with him. You're going to walk in that. You're going to choose what, what goes on there in a mighty way. Nobody can do that for you. You've got to make that choice. And I encourage you to pursue it often and adequately by yourself. Thirdly, I want you to realize this. Wisdom comes from God, not from grades. Hear me. Your GPA is not what you need to live by. In fact, the reality is, and this is from going through four different colleges, once you finish your undergraduate degree, they don't care about how smart you are after that. They want to see where you're pursuing, what your skill level is, what your fascination is, and they'll point you in the right direction. I've learned that in a mighty way, and if you want to go beyond your undergraduate studies and pursue that, please be passionate about what you want. I've often been amazed that it, that, that a 17, 18-year-old can, can decide what they want to do for the rest of their life. I, that's a tough thing to do. I believe that, that we need to, to struggle in prayer and, 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 and wonder what God wants us to do. Tyler, you're, you're undeclared in your major. That's a smart thing to do. You know, you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life, but you're going to have to find that extra time to be inquisitive. Look around you. See what the graduate students are doing. Talk to your professors. Find out, you know, you may want to go after a skill level that's, you know, is dying. We don't want you to do that. We had a student graduate several years ago, and when everybody else was going to university, he ended up going to welding school. He informed his brother, two years older, that he would begin at about $20,000 a year more than he was making then in his career of engineering. So we've got to realize that you go where you're happy. Money will not bring happiness. Happiness only comes from one place, being at peace with God and trusting him. If you've got that done, go and do something you enjoy. Make sure that it's important to you. Wisdom doesn't come from grades. It comes from God, and he'll give you the wisdom to apply what you need to apply in your life. Now, I'll tell you this, and hear me. And this is one of those things, if I were teaching a class, 
uh, at the university, I would say get your pens out and write this down and underline it. The world wants you to believe in yourself first and foremost. Don't do that. Believe in God. Because there are times that our own desires lead us astray. You want to follow God. That little inkling in the back of your mind that says you ought to stay home and study, that's not just a feeling. That's not your mom scratching your ear trying to harass you from a distance. That's the Holy Spirit of God telling you, stay home and study. Because you're building something that is so permanent and so powerful, it'll change you for the rest of your life. In fact, I'll tell you this. If you choose to follow the wisest way through this university program, you will end up with a degree that will change the next three generations of your family. Because it'll make you a better husband, father, and grandfather. It'll teach you things that you don't learn everywhere. So I encourage you to do that. Now, I'm not opposed to education. I've spent half my life in universities. And I love it. What I'm saying is you can't get a degree in common sense, and you certainly don't get a degree in wisdom and faith. That's acquired in your relationship with God. But lastly, I want you to realize this. You can have none of the best of life until you come to Jesus like a child. Hear me please, guys. When you're struggling with a subject, when it just isn't coming through, humble yourself and pray, and God will give you the direction. Be willing to ask. Pursue that with someone. Don't just walk in there and, and, and say, well, I, I did my best. Your best is not enough because your best sometimes will fail. You want God's best. Listen to him. Talk to him. I'm going to end with a story that uh, it's not a uh, theologically strong story, but it's one that communicates in such a powerful way. 1971, while I was in high school, a film came out that changed the lives of many people. It was called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. How many of y'all have seen that movie before? Raise your hands. Any of you guys? Good. Great movie. Incredible movie. Gene Wilder changed the script radically because he wanted it to communicate to young people beyond entertainment. And that's why in there, Willy Wonka gave away five golden tickets in his candy bars. And if you remember the first four, they didn't do so well. They were kind of ruled out because they did not demonstrate what he was really looking for because you don't understand until you get toward the end of the story. Willy Wonka doesn't have a, a Willy Jr. the third or whatever. Nobody's there to take over for him. And what he's looking for is someone, someone that can take over the helm of this very famous company. Five children find those tickets and, and, and they go crazy. But one boy, the last boy, Charlie Bucket, is very poor. Very poor. And I really, you know, 
I really don't think he anticipated anything, but his grandfather pushed him because he really believed in his grandson. When he unveils his plan of what he's doing, Willie says this. He says, how do you like the chocolate factory, Charlie? And Charlie says, I think it's the most wonderful place in the whole world. And Willie says, I'm very pleased to hear you say that because I'm giving it to you. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody walked up to me and said, here's my corporation, it's yours, I'd be a little bit shocked too. Grandpa speaks up and he says, you're giving Charlie this? And Willie says, I can't go on forever. And I don't really want to try. So who can I trust to run the factory for me when I go out to take care of all people, the Oompa Loompas? I'd have taken care of them with my gun, but that's another story. He wants to go off and care for them. He didn't choose a grown-up. A grown-up would have taken it another direction, would have changed things. You know how you look at things and, and you say, wow, this is the most wonderful thing in the world. Maybe a car, maybe you know, a plane, maybe a set of golf clubs. Have you got your best set yet? Hope you do. There are things we look at and we know that they're the best and we want that. And that's exactly what he offered to this young man. Because he knew an adult would destroy what was there. A grown-up would, would tear it apart, would ruin it. And Charlie said this to him. He said, and that's why you sent out the golden tickets? And this is what Willie answered. He said, that's right. So the factory's yours, Charlie. You can move in immediately. Guys, I want to tell you something. Hopefully this whole coronavirus blue tape thing that we're doing will be over with soon. For all we know, it is, medically speaking. We just don't know it yet. But the reality is this. You've got to decide what you're going to do. I know y'all are, are y'all going to have a great summer? Going to take a trip? Go somewhere? Do something? Please do something. Celebrate. Because I want you to dive in when you get into that first semester because it's tough it's like nothing you've ever had before make sure that you start on top don't walk in with a blank slate in your mind and a blank piece of paper please don't do that when you get your syllabus you know what a syllabus is when you get your syllabus and you get your books go ahead and start reading find out if it's something palatable for you Gauge yourself. See how you're going to like the subjects. And go ahead and decide which ones you need to spend the most time with and the ones you need to spend the least with. What I'm saying is be prepared ahead of time. Don't worry about who your roommate is or who's across the hall from you in your dorm or who you'll meet there. That'll come in time. But prepare your mind and your heart. And make sure somewhere between brushing your teeth and running into class, you talk to God personally and quietly. Because I'll tell you something. He'll speak back to you and guide you in an amazing way. And you'll never end up against that brick wall that's unmovable. God will see to it. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much that in your word you guide us 
And your son loved children because he looked into their face and he saw the honesty that they held. He saw that they were inquisitive. They were open. They were not closed-minded. God, I pray that these four men before me would come to you honestly and openly and learn. We want them to grow. They have such a, a great beginning. Their lives have been so wonderful already, and we're excited about where they're going to go. And I pray that you would bless them as they seek you and give this church the wisdom to pray them through that, to encourage them, to lift them up, to stay connected with them, and to let them know that what they do matters in a great way. Lord, bless us today. As we live in the midst of this pandemic, Lord, let us not forget that you're still God. And may we understand that you're in control. May we not listen to the naysayers and the, the, the people that are just trying to churn up our fascination so they can sell a product in, in their airtime. May we listen to your Holy Spirit. And Father, may we understand that ministry goes on and the work of the church abides always. It doesn't always happen within the doors of the church, but it happens as we are faithful. God, give us a desire to be faithful and stay focused upon you. For it's in your holy name we do pray. Amen.